You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Gene The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Extent After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Extent After Show. No, this is not the X Files. <laughs> this is another awesome current sci-fi show extant. But once again, we wanted to blast you with probably the most famous science fiction theme song on TV. And hopefully, you know, extant will be in the rank. So mm. anyway, thank you guys. You are watching the After Buzz. TV show Extamp. My name is Monis Rose, and all of the awesome co-hosts and guests today are the amazing new Charlie Behrens. Charlie, how you doing today? Good, good. How are you doing? Excellent, excellent. Also, we have the inspirational and inspiring Adrian Snow. Oh, thanks. Hi. <laughs> hey. And the always cool Tari Miller. Hey. Hey. And then, cool. <laughs> and then, thank you very much. We have a special guest with us who is a star of Extant, Sergio Harford, who yeah. plays the character Marcus. Yep, Marcus Dawkins. Marcus Dawkins, this mysterious <laughs> character. So hopefully we will be talking with him a little bit later, but also he will provide some, hopefully some insight and maybe some things that we don't know that he does. And we're really looking forward to that. <laughs> yes. So anyway, we shall get into episode three, Wish You Were Here. What did you guys think of this overall episode? I thought it was I thought it was good. I think they pushed the story forward a lot, so that was nice to see and a lot of things opened up and finally John finally got in on what was going on, which was nice to see. It was taking a little yeah. long. It was for him to th- get three catch up with everyone. Three uh two and a half episodes for him to get in on <laughs> yeah. you're gonna have a baby. Yes. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and and what do you think? I I mean, I liked how John also had more spotlight on him this episode. What what do you think about that, Charlie? Yeah, well, I think uh, John just to develop his story and to um, kind of see a lot of this from his perspective. You know, he's trying to raise a family, and he's got his um, his wife there, and she's not really sure is this my son or not. But you see him sticking up to the other parents, and you see them kind of forming into that family where Molly really defends Ethan to the other parents. So mm-hmm. it, it really developed from the sort of family sense. Absolutely, this was a this was a big family episode. It really dealt, you know, the last two episodes. Pretty much, Molly was running solo. I mean, the big huge A B was all around Molly, Molly, Molly. This was much more of a family a family episode. What do you think about that? Is that a good analysis? Is that a good analysis, Sergio? Yeah, definitely. Um, the first two episodes, like you said, it was more so Molly and the mystery of you know coming back from space from those thirteen months, and now you get to see her really dealing with you know, what happened to her, but with the support of her family. 
And Ab- then, yeah, the conflicts that go on with the husband and then the, the child that's really not hers, but sort of is. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a good little conflict. And you'll start picking up and you'll start seeing a lot more of that the family tie-in. Well, mm. yeah, speaking of that, you know, child storyline, which is the main <laughs> storyline, that's pretty much, I mean, that was the meat and potatoes of this episode. What you, I mean, I really think uh, she she came clean to John, um, but... She it took her a while, didn't it, Tari? It took her it took her a while. She had to go through some, uh, you know, her own little personal loops to finally get it out, didn't she? Yeah, I mean, uh, we had that flashback at the beginning where she's talking about how she can never get pregnant, and you know, they discuss um, taking on Ethan and all that stuff. So it uh, that was the first initial barrier. So I imagine uh, the shock of, or I imagine her believing the shock of knowing that she's pregnant was kind of too much for her to bear in terms of, like, telling him, so she thought that he'd leave. Which, I mean, it's a reasonable idea for someone to be like, oh, you're pregnant, and it's not mine. We know that for sure, so I think it's time to go, or I need some time. But he was really supportive, so that was awesome. Absolutely. You know, one of the um, first loops that Molly has to go through is Alan Sparks. Now, I don't really trust this Alan Sparks, do you, Adrian? I don't, I don't, I don't trust... No, I don't trust him at all. I, I don't. Of course not. Just by casting alone, the person they cast to be Alan Sparks was like, <laughs> "Oh, he's the bad guy." In like every single show I've seen in the past five years. Um, no, I, 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 the he's very smart, and uh, he he pulls off a very clever lie of, you know, you were pregnant before you even got to space. Well, we basically had a, a time release pregnancy, which is like. <laughs> Okay, that's uh, yeah, that's not that's Adderall, guys. Okay, come on. Come on. <laughs> I was like taking some nice drugs there, um, and so that she has a time release pregnancy that <laughs> happened to happen conveniently fourteen weeks before she was, or thirteen, twelve weeks before she comes back, uh, and so that's his way of kind of excusing it and saying that it is her and John's baby and that, you know, it wasn't some crazy thing where it was Marcus and he touched her belly in that really weird way and got her zipper <laughs> pregnant, as you were saying earlier. So, uh... Nice uh, analysis. Yes. <laughs> so, it, it's... It's a very smart and savvy way to handle the situation, and I give him kudos for that, but by the end, it's kind of like, okay, what are you really up to, and what is this whole thing with, with Katie, and you know, they, they're building up a lot to, for the next episode. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, do you mind, uh, really quick, Sergio, tell us a little bit about these conspiracies really quick. Yeah, I mean, all the characters have a secret, and they have some other mystery or, or alternate agenda um, and, and you kind of saw Molly kind of hiding her her secret from her husband, and then you'll start seeing domino effects. And as you know, as we know in real life, you know you you kind of hold secrets and you kind of maybe lie about it to protect the ones that you love. It only kind of makes things a little bit more complicated and worse in the long run. So you start to see how just keeping secrets, you know, is a double edged sword. So yeah, everybody has a. A little end to them, and, and like you said, with with Sparks, you're gonna soon find out, you know, why and how, because all all of his relationships with Molly and the Doctor Sam Barton, played by Cameron Manheim, you get to see all those relationships and how the secrets are necessary in the moment, but they don't really help out the situation, you know, going forward. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. and with yeah, with um, you know Sam's take, you know, with Molly's pregnancy, 
I actually, I didn't tell you this, the guys, the last two episodes, but I thought Sam was a very fishy character. First, I, and I'll tell you why. Because first of all, oh, also one of the problems with Molly that I, she's very trustworthy, a little too fast. She just, she only trusts Sam. And like last week, we saw um, Sam uh, take her to a, a different exam room. But why didn't Molly just find a new doctor, a new, <laughs> I mean, a, a new OBGYN? And why? You know, there's a million other clinics, and and it was also fishy to me as well when um, the exam room that Molly was in last week, we saw the the photos, you know, when uh, Sparks' um, henchmen, if you will, were searching. Kern. Kern, Kern yeah. thank you. Uh, were searching through the photos, and we saw pictures of animals, and we saw pictures of... Are you talking about this this episode that just happened? Yes. Yeah. Well, they were he went he followed them to the veterinary where they did the. That's why he saw the animals. Yeah. So it wasn't like it it was her doing something sketch. <laughs> she was yeah. just looking through all the pictures it, of the. Okay, but you know, it just I thought the same thing though. Oh, if, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, Glad I just thought that. I I just thought you know Sam you know was still fishy. I mean, in this in this episode, I mean, with the the whole pregnancy, because yeah, why Molly was. A little too trust. I mean, she is a little too trustworthy. I I say they're best friends, also, uh, you know, as well as being colleagues, right? So that's why she trusts Sam, you know, so much. And then, um, you know, until all the conspiracies start to develop, as you'll see, as you saw, you know, towards the end of the episode where they're confronting Sam and all that stuff. You know, Sam is looking out for Molly's best interest also mm-hmm. so you know having to hide the secret and not become quarantined and you know she just got back home you know from a 13 month space mission so she kind of doesn't want to go through the whole protocol and trial and error of what's wrong with me so she trusts her best friend and kind of get the answers without having to do the whole you know in-depth you know i'm gonna put you in an isolated you know situation and all that so i think that's where the trust comes from just their their relationship and their history and the, and the fact that they kind of want to get this these questions answered quickly without a whole bunch of hubbub from the you know isea and absolutely yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know and that's and that's what i really liked about this episode we you know because all my questions were answered especially with the sam character she's a good person she was looking out for molly at the end they, you know as sergio just pointed out yeah, she, you know, she said, "Get out of the car, get out of the car." That's that, that's that's good looking out, is what yeah. it is. Yeah. Good looking out. That's a good that looking out. Really, only the first episode where I had like a slight suspicion of Sam, but once they kind of built on this whole idea that they are friends and that she was there for Molly when she was going through, you know, the um, infertility treatments and everything, I got the sense that Sam was not someone who, who was going to easily betray Molly. So now we'll see who ends up. I'm sure someone will betray her eventually. So we'll like, outside of Sparks, but. Right. and you know, and as Sergio pointed out, everyone's going to have secrets on the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, we already know some some people's secrets, but we really don't know uh, Sam's. And I'm sure even she has some hidden agenda or something down her sleeve. I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah, I think the quote from this episode was something more believable than the truth. And I think uh, uh, Sparks said that. Mm-hmm. And Sparks is the man with the lies. So if, <laughs> if that sort of sets the theme for everybody does seem to really have a secret, whether it's John or, um, you know, he's even got secrets. He's not telling as much. And then there's... Um, uh, Julie and sort of what her, you know, hidden agenda is mm. for Ethan and what she really wants to get across. I mean, it's her work. It's not necessarily the, what's best for Ethan. It's what's best for her work that she's most concerned about 
a lot of times that is what's best for Ethan, but you can also see that contrast. Like, mm-hmm. Ethan should be in school interacting with normal people, but Julie's not for that. She wants to protect her work. So I, I feel like everyone's got something hidden. Every, everyone's hiding a little piece of the truth at this point in the mm-hmm. season. Right. Yeah. But now, the biggest secret, the pregnancy, John knows. John knows. And how does this... Uh, how does this come about, Adrian? How does how does John initially find out that Molly? Oh well, Ethan, of course. Oh you mean, man, he's a kid. That's what kids do. You don't tell. But a he's secret a robot. A kid. He's a human. No, <laughs> you never tell your secrets to children. But they, they under- pinky swore. They don't understand how secrets work. I yeah. mean, they do to a certain extent, but eventually they'll get caught. They're kids. They don't pinky. have the mastermind. Anyways. Adrian. Pinky swearing is a huge deal, but they didn't. You're supposed to kiss, like you swear, and then you kiss your thumb. They did the Julie pinky swear. I mean, he didn't tell the secret, but he did what most children would do, which is say, there is a secret to be told, but I can't tell you the secret. I did that as a kid. It's totally fine. It makes you want to know it even more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I could trust you now. I don't know, knowing this about you, I don't know if I could. You should never trust anyone. Anyways, not to go on that. But no, so Ethan has this weird obsession with birds, and he didn't kill it. We'll get to that later. He didn't kill it. What did I say? Anyways, so uh, when the lights go out, at one point during the party, they go to look at the generator, and and, um, John finds out that Ethan's been keeping a bird in there. And Ethan says, you know, well... he kind of broke the rules. He went outside without, you know, when he was told not to. And John told him you shouldn't keep secrets. And Ethan responded, "Mom says it's okay to keep secret secrets if it's if uh, if someone's going to worry," which is a, a fair response. And from there, uh, that prompts John to go to Molly and be like, "Ethan tells me you have a secret. What's this all about?" So I figured she was just going to say, "I fainted." I mean, that's a smart cover if you're not quite ready to tell someone the bigger secret. That was the secret that she kept with Ethan, that she fainted. But no, after a lot of kind of like weird heeing and hawing, <laughs> she finally goes, I'm pregnant, which is kind of like, whoa, right in the middle of the party. All right, I guess you're going to deal with this right now. And he had a really great response, you know, like we were talking about earlier, just of, of being really supportive, of, of kind of being shocked at first, but then being supportive. and And the lie that Sparks told Molly, I guess, is a believable lie that there's a time-release pregnancy, and he he believed her. So that kind of led him to finally be in on the conspiracy and finally, I think, be able to take part in what's going to happen next. Yes. I'm really glad that came out now. Like, I didn't want them to kind of drag it out throughout the whole thing, be like, will they, won't they, no, um, which is great because it leaves a lot of room because we still don't know whose baby it is. And so, like... I know, right? <laughs> um, which I have my theories about, but I'll talk about it in predictions. Um, but, um, and I'm glad that he had the response that he did because, I mean, uh, it could that could have been just another like unnecessary layer of drama where it's like he's trying to like essentially bash her for being pregnant, and then it it kind of takes the story in a different direction. Mm -hmm. But now we can focus in on they're still maintaining their family. They have this child that is is could be his, and as far as he knows, it is, because that was the lie and that it's their DNA. I really like that, and I really like that episode, I mean, that aspect of this show as a whole, that, you know, there's, um, family is a big theme, and, you know, John, you know, deep down, he wants to keep this family together. That's his 
ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, yes, it could have went a whole different way. He could have went very over-the-top dramatic, right. but he didn't. He, you know, in his mind, he said, um, I want to support this, you know, this this is just news. It's not bad or good. I'm, you know, I mean, I'm going to take it as good as what I'm going to do because overall this is supporting the family. And this is what they've always wanted and because it never really happened and it was a shocker, I think um, you know, he kind of swallowed that and he was like, well, kind of like a miracle almost sort of thing and kind of went with it and I mean clearly he's supportive I mean they have a, a robot child they they don't have the, <laughs> the most normal circumstances I mean she went to the space for 13 months so you're right I think at the core it is about family and they just know that um, ultimately the goal is just to make that work because there's so much other stuff going on that you know and i think that's relatable to you know everybody and i think that's what mickey fisher he wrote this episode you know i i feel like that was the main kind of like goal and feel that you wanted to connect with it with all the sci-fi stuff surrounding you wanted to connect with family and that's the core of like everything absolutely so now we have so we have this you know but molly's not done yet obviously there's many more episodes of extant so this this is the only the beginning but i'm glad they we, this whole pregnancy thing is now out in the air, but you know, John, uh, there's uh, there's some stuff happening with John. What's uh, going on with John and Ethan, Charlie? Uh, John and Ethan. Well, I mean, it's it's it, it's clear that John is sort of the dominant parent. You know, Ethan is his child, his creation first. And um, we see that in, in multiple areas here. And then I actually thought there was going to be a little bit more of a jealousy thing when she said she was pregnant because that means, you know, this creation that just you had, which is Ethan, is going to obviously take a backseat to, you know, whatever alien child is inside me right now. But uh, Or do we know if it's an alien child? We don't Uh-oh. know. Conspiracy, Only one conspiracy. person in this room knows. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Uh, Let's look over at this one person. <laughs> yes. Somebody tell me what's going on. Hey, Sergio, I, I do, I do want to talk about this relationship, but I also uh, have been be- meaning to ask this. Who on set came up with that elaborate trap to catch a bird? Because I'm totally going to use that with the fishing pole yeah. and the bucket. We have some really awesome, just like, uh, props and, and tech tech guys yeah. and a lot of the stuff that you might think is maybe cg'd or c- computerized a lot of it is actually like you know kind of made and and made for the camera to work in that that way where it looks very kind of real and futuristic and all that hmm. so i yeah, got to give it up to the crew, the crew. Yeah. i've seen some stuff and i'm like you you guys put that together like <laughs> that wasn't just from a time capsule from the future you know <laughs> so like yeah yeah definitely the prop guys and all the visual people and the, and the, and the tech people on set and then yeah. um also with john you know there's that we you know it's john ethan but also john and julie john uh tells julie off do- doesn't uh doesn't he sorry oh, yeah he does um they are essentially on opposite sides of the fence in terms of Ethan going to school. He believes that, he, that Ethan needs as much external stimuli, stimuli as possible, and it, he needs to get it randomly from other children, essentially um, integrating him into normal society, where she feels like he should remain uh, essentially pure uh, and not take on any, I, if the way I would describe it is any negative human aspects. Um, which he would probably pick up from kids because kids are cruel. Oh, 
I, oh, I mean, they yeah, are. Personal I mean, just we've there. all been kids, and we <laughs> all know it, that it's kids true. Are cool. I, I'm gonna, uh, yeah, I got your back on that one, Tari. <laughs> You're right. Please. I got. I had a bully. I punched him, but you know. Whoa. Uh, Whoa. That's how you handle bullies. Sorry, don't. Oh, kids. That's yeah. not how you handle bullies. Punch them with your words. Violence is wrong. Yes. Yes. No, punch him. So, yeah, I. I see where Julie's coming from. Right. But I think she's just, like, jealous. And I think she just wants Ethan in her life. And she wants to be Ethan's, essentially, mom. Mom. And so, you know, when they jump to that part where Ethan's kind of been banished to his room for keeping the bird in the box and almost killing the bird. But he didn't kill the bird. Um, (laughs) He would have, though. He wasn't going to kill the bird. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm on Charlie's side here. Anyways. And he killed that one in the woods. He didn't do it. But (laughs) he goes into, she goes into his room and reads him the Velveteen Rabbit. It's a very sweet moment. And it's just kind of, I was, I I wrote down mom hijacking. Because it's just her kind of wanting to have this place in Ethan's life and have Ethan have this place in her life. Which... Is it really beneficial? I mean, that's not the thing that they set up. You know, the family unit is John and Molly and Ethan, and Julie just needs to let it go. Well, the, oh, go ahead. Oh, um, you know, Julie, I, I took it as a backhanded, I'm almost an insult in the way, you know, when she's reading, we're starting to read The Velveteen Rabbit. Instead of telling Ethan, you know, I mean, it wasn't an insult, but it was just very, very politically correct is what it was. Instead of saying, before you were born, she says, long before you ever got your body. Oh. I just, I thought that was a little, a little, a little airy. Long before, what body? What was he before? (laughs) Long before you were a smile in your father's imagination. (laughs) Yes. Well, they they kind of referenced that with the whole Lucy, where it's just the, the head moving and talking. And just like the, um... What I'm thinking of the word the um, the the mouth flap no Wait, oh. <laughs> well when you're the con the consciousness the, oh, the yes. consciousness I, I mean that's not really the word I was looking for but I'll use it it it's kind of that they they've been very open with Ethan with who he is and what he is and how he should interact in the world and I respect the fact that they don't keep any secrets from him they don't try and sugarcoat things you know even when he's doing the robot dance at the party <laughs> and the guy so jokes like oh this is from your, something your ancestors used to do they, I'm not surprised at all she didn't say when you were born because that's a lie he wasn't born he was created you know in a lab and you so. have to remember he's also very smart yeah. you know what I mean so as you saw in episode maybe one and two he kind of rebuttals sometimes when like Molly would say something he's like what but I'm actually this, or I'm not really a boy. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. they have to kind of keep true to the fact, you know, of his origins and what he is because he's not your normal, you know, little kid that you can kind of pull something over. Yeah, yeah. Right. he really dominates in a lot of conversations. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I feel like what he's doing with the birds is foreshadowing <laughs> of what his kind is going to do to the human race. Ooh. I don't think it's going to be his kind. I think it's going to be... All right, well, let's, let's, guys, let's save that for... <laughs> guys, let's save that for predictions. <laughs> but, you know, this is extant, and, you know, one of the styles of how this show is written is, you know, it, it is a serialized show, and it always leaves us on a cliffhanger, doesn't it, Sergio? And what what was the cliffhanger today? 
don't we love those cliffhangers? Yes. <laughs> what, what what happened with with Sam and with John and with what happened as yeah. we ended this episode? Yeah, there's some some trust. There's some um, who's for who, and you you saw the t- the text message you know go through um, as Sam you know so discreetly and you know savvy tried to do as she was being confronted by the ICA, you know, henchmen. Um, so you kind of just, the cliffhanger is pretty much, well, wait a minute. So they're coming after Sam and what are they really protecting? What is, you know, what, what do they kind of want to keep away from, you know, Sam telling Molly and the whole get out of the car situation, you kind of, it makes you kind of switch your mindset of, wait a minute. So she can't really trust Alan. So it kind of like, I think it leaves the cliffhanger of, okay, so what's really going on and who can she really trust? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and you'll see in future episodes, you know, real soon. Right. What the, what so the really Dilio is. We, we have, we have Sparks. She's, I mean, he has a power. He is ransacking Sam's office. Right. So, and Sam says to Molly, you know, get out of the car. Yeah. And just so happens that Molly is also with Sparks at the time. She does, Get out of the car, and while this is happening, I guess Sparks or the I- ISEA has some kind of SWAT team go to Molly and John's home. Well, that I was- think I think that's more of a time dash thing because, well, one, I was curious as to how she knocked out Sparks. Yeah. In order. I was like, well, wait, they didn't crash into anything. Like, did she punch him? I was so confused as to how he just randomly fell and slumped over in his seat. I think she was more so out. hitting the steering wheel. He, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of confused. The, with the whole tossle and she kind of got in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know. She's a scrappy <laughs> one. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Sergio, um, for me, the elephant in the room is when are we actually going to see more of you on this show? I what? mean, you, I mean, really, <laughs> you have only said how does it feel you've only really said one or two words yeah. and you know you're smiling a lot more but like on the on the show you, i don't think like you're not really smiling you're <laughs> yeah. yeah well like i said all the characters have secrets and of course marcus has a history with with molly's character and um you know he's kind of the mysterious catalyst of what's going on with molly and what what the deal is with the whole mission and all that good stuff so you know, you just have to keep on watching, and and you'll see you'll see characters start to build more. You'll see like those kind of characteristics kind of flourish with everybody, not just Marcus. I mean, I had a brother introduced in this episode, mm-hmm. and that wasn't for not. So you know what I mean. So you'll start seeing, you know, a, a lot more, and you'll understand why you know Marcus has a few select choice words. <laughs> so you know, it, it's okay. You will say more than it's okay. We'll see. Um, <laughs> since we'll see two word mental. Help me, we'll see. Yeah. Okay. You get this script or you go in for your audition, and instead of this long soliloquy, it's just two words. Well, That's I, it. Yeah, actually, it, w- it wasn't, but you know, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there is a build in, in, in his situation. Can't speak too much on it, but I mean, isn't that the kind of the fun of it? I love when people are like, how come you haven't said anything more than it's okay in the third episode or whatever? And I'm just like, I have this big smile on my face, and they're like, I'm confused. Don't you want more lines as an actor? I'm like, I don't care about being an actor. I'm such a fan of this show, and I get, you know, why this entity is not having a full-out conversation. You know what I mean? So... You gotta stay tuned. You guys will yeah. see. Yeah. Sometimes when you're in the shower and there's like steam on the mirror, do you just write "Help me"? Right. <laughs> Actually, you have yeah. to do it backwards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was the real fun challenge in the pilot episode. Doing oh, you had to write that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was wow. my handwriting. That's my calligraphy. Wow, that, I have <laughs> so much more credit. For Alan called to the director. He was like, "Why help me?" And I started doing it in rehearsal. And he was like, "No, and play." 
And I was like, huh? In action. I'm like, oh. Literally had to, like, get on it and write it all backwards. It was fun, though. Yeah. And, you know, let's... What what kind of powers do you hold? You know, it's... I was so enthralled in your zipper touch in the pilot. You know, and today today we see... We're, we, we get a, actually a little more uh, revelation of really what that a little... You know, every episode we get more and more and more of what happened during that 13 hours um when ben was shut off or all power was shut off um and you're really you're you're touching over you're hovering your hand over molly's belly and what and then are you implanting rings what what is this (laughs) all (laughs) somebody like when i was live tweeting they were like oh what are those olympic ring things for the next olympic i'm like (laughs) (laughs) well if you like it you should put a ring on it basically (laughs) wow (laughs) (laughs) literally a new ring i don't know bad joke but um, i wouldn't say necessarily powers but i mean it's like that encounter and of course you know with Mickey creating this and Steven behind it, you have, they have their own imagination, the way of pretty much expressing this unique encounter. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, you'll see more of how, when, why, you know, the actions and the, and the flashbacks to the Seraphim of why I did certain things that are unique, like the, the zipper, even though it wasn't <laughs> supposed to be focused on the zippers, more so, <laughs> you know. Yeah. The caress. <laughs> the caress. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. These guys, we're all about <laughs> zippers. I'm, I'm, I'm moving on. Okay. I had a question. So what is, so what was the whole audition process and what was it like kind of signing on to this project? Yeah. Like, um, Oh, were you finished? I'm sorry. Oh, no. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah it, was, it actually happened really fast. I'm probably why I'm talking over you because it's like it happened so fast. Right. Then when I think back to it and respond to it, it's almost like it happened really quickly. So my mind is like, what happened? Because mm-hmm. it was like that. Yeah. Got the audition, saw that Hallie was attached to it and Steven. I'm like, awesome. Let me go and do my thing. And I got the sides, which were pretty much, you know, they wrote as, as we went. Like, we literally just finished, you know, the last episode shooting or filming. Oh, really? So, like, uh, you know, I had the pilot episode. And more so for me, it was just finding Marcus and his intensity, you know, with not really having that much of, you know, vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but there were more words and, and, and more things, and it's, it's okay. But that became, like, the focus of it just because of, I guess, the intensity and the kind of silent um, – strength i guess that i bought to marcus or that i found with marcus Mm -hmm. so it happened really quickly and you know with the help of alan coulter who did the pilot you know we just kind of together collaboratively you know kind of came up with how we wanted marcus to kind of play because we knew he had a a long life of mystery behind him so i couldn't just come out and be like ooh, and and, you know what i mean (laughs) and it was kind of cool because i kind of feel like as because we were writing as we went, is I feel like what we did kind of set the tone for what you saw with Kriger's mom and like how the how those specific entities and those situations kind of how they move and work. Yeah. So it was kind of cool, kind of being like the guinea pig and the and the vehicle behind that. And, nice. and you know the style. I feel like the style of of how you're playing your role. Um, it's very you know, and we we address these uh, past sci-fi shows and movies but i feel like you're you're kind of like in the alien like the day the earth stood still like you're 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 almost embodying uh a 1960s style i don't know if you ever thought of that um in any way i mean because also there's some uh motifs of like the twilight zone and even the shining of a lot of these characters like ethan and yourself Mm -hmm. um very uh stoic non-blinking you know which by the way tell me i mean do you really have to train your eyes to not blink 
I mean, you know, being opposite Hallie is just. Oh, it, it, I mean, he drops the Hallie. You, you, <laughs> right. you don't want to shut your eye for a second. But no, I mean, you know, especially setting the tone in the pilot. You know, there wasn't really a blueprint to Marcus. You know what I mean? Like, we kind of had a feel for it. And, and I spoke to the director over the phone before we started filming just to kind of get a feel of what he kind of wanted and what I thought Marcus should kind of, you know, be portrayed as. So I don't think there was that much research and that much kind of like, you know, but there was definitely the homage to kind of E.T. with the encounter and just the stillness and the, the quietness of it and kind of the mystery behind it. And, yeah, the blinking thing, I just pretty much... Um, because Hallie was so, Molly's character, Hallie was so focused and, you know, she was so intense. I just felt like I just need to engage and not even let go. So I opted just not to blink. And, of course, every take after that, it was, hey, make sure you don't blink because we like that. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So that's pretty much where that came from. And, you know, and sometimes it's kind of hard to do when yeah. you're, you see Hallie crying, you know, and right. a tear falling. I'm just like, ah, oh, no emotion. But, yeah, it's. I feel like he kind of came together. And it's, you're going to be able to see, well, you've seen some of the scenes now off of Seraphim. Mm-hmm. He's not as, you know what I mean? Yeah. But you'll start to kind of see, you know, him picking up different kind of emotions and characteristics. Mm. But you're not the guy to get into a staring contest with. We'll probably, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> not. Especially not for that training. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Now, yeah, we um, we we are introduced in this episode. Uh, we we are introduced by Tim, which is yes, your your brother, mm-hmm. and we we don't know if he's dead or alive, do we? No, no. 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 So, sure. and then also, then do we know? Are you then dead or alive? What? Uh, I'm just but, saying it could because um, I think he's I think he's dead. I think he's dead. <laughs> I don't know because because <laughs> Tim he's saying it's established. "Quote unquote," that he's dead, but there's a chance that because you know, I thought Tim was alive when he was introduced in today's episode, but yeah. then when they took that family picture of everyone, yeah. he did not show up. Just saying, I, I there was a power outage. I'm just saying, just saying, prediction. You're just saying, a lot. <laughs> just saying. This is, yeah. uh, <laughs> I see where you're going with it. That's a possibility. I still think it's aliens. So you know, um, you mentioned. Um, Mickey Fisher a lot, the creator, and he he wrote this episode, a brilliant episode. Now, this is a huge show. You, you mentioned also Steven Spielberg and then the showrunner Greg Walker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how? Yeah, how is this show handled? Do you ever feel, or did you feel now that shooting was wrapped, that there was too many cooks in the kitchen? Not at all. I just the only thing I had to get used to is just the different directors each episode. Because I was so familiar with Alan Coulter, you know, from the audition process into, like, the pilot and, and kind of forming Marcus. It was almost like giving birth to somebody and then you have to kind of switch up your parents real quick. But other than that, no, I, don't, I, I feel like, I mean, I don't really know what was going on, per se, play-by-play in the, in the extent writer's room. <laughs> versus, except for the tweets they would put out every now and then. But um, I, I feel like in the time that we were allotted, writing as they went and producing it and getting everything together, was casting and introducing I, I had no idea Marcus was even gonna you know have another sibling in the storyline so mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like the story you know came together kind of organic and you know effortlessly off of the pilot that that Mickey wrote and you know the other writers that came in and did like two and you know the I think there's maybe like seven eight other writers that are you know at the helm of it I don't I don't think it was too many cooks in the kitchen I feel like everybody kind of got it and just kind of like work like you know Saturn, like you know what I mean, like the rings around Saturn. So yeah, nice. Atari, did awesome. you want to say something? Uh, I thought you had a. 
question. Sorry. Oh, I make noises. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> make, <laughs> make noises. Excellent. Ah. Excellent. Well, anyway, you know, yeah, there's a lot of conspiracies. So can we can we at least begin a prediction? Can we say that you're going to be in a lot more of these episodes? And you're 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 not just going to say two words, and we're going to find out what has happened to these thirteen. <laughs> you just, I thought that was going to be like a really like just give me one thing, and you. Start oh no no! I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> lay it. I'm gonna lay it on thick. I'm okay. gonna lay it on thick because there's right. a lot of questions. But don't we like that? Yeah. And and with the mystery and the whole wait, what's going on with Tammy? I feel like you know if one character is gonna have that thing of we want more like what is it? I think I think it has to be you know Marcus Dawkins because he kind of sets the tone for. Maybe like Kriger's mom and maybe other characters that may or may not be introduced like that. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, I really like your character because you're much more than than a MacGuffin because we can actually see you. We're, right. You're not you're not just some kind of you know. I'm sorry. Could you elaborate? For MacGuffin. Who don't know what MacGuffin. I just you like the word. Oh, right. I don't know. Yeah. A MacGuffin is a Hitchcockian word that is almost like it's like a made up mystery. It's like the made up centerpiece of what. The, really, the story and the plot is. It's like almost you open up a a treasure chest and there's really though nothing there but this whole movie revolved around what was like inside oh, of like this the, whole... Uh, like Pulp Fiction suitcase. Yes, exactly. Yes. The MacGuffin. Yeah, yeah. that's... Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, yeah, he did. He just didn't pop up out of anywhere. And right. Was like, hey, Molly, let me touch. You know, you know what I mean. He, they have history. Mm-hmm. So of course, with the history, that has to be, you know, more to Marcus and Molly's story. And mm-hmm. and you saw in the flashback in episode two in the yearbook. You know, she has these moments where John is coming in and is like, "What's going on? Are you thinking about him again?" So you know, they kind of set the tone for. Without giving away too much of how many episodes Mark is going to be in, and and I don't even think that's the question. I think it's just you're gonna each character you're gonna really get a full at least foundation of their story and their history, and and that's why they keep flashing back to the Seraphim and things like that because you know the past is so important in the present, which is set in the future. You know <laughs> what I mean? So. Hopefully that answered your question. Excellent. <laughs> well, on that note, I say we start some extant predictions. What do you guys say? Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. Ooh. Now, you're after Buzz TV. <laughs> predictions. Charlie, what do you think is going to happen on next week's episode? Oh, on next week's episode, I think that it's too early for um, Ethan and his kind to take over the world. Oh, dun, dun, that dun. I think is going to come in season three. <laughs> um, but I do think that Ethan is going to kill a bird in the next episode, <laughs> and we're going to prove you wrong. I'm, I'm on. I'm on Charlie's side here. I'm supporting you. I'm backing you up. And do I need more predictions than that? Do you want me if, to give if, more? That, that's all I have for all right, right now. Excellent. All right. Yeah. Adrian, what about you? What do you think? He's definitely not going to kill a bird. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Anyways, it's not my prediction. But I'm just saying. He's not killing a bird. I think, uh, so. I think now that the family's on the run, we're definitely going to see uh, the dynamic of of how they actually have to interact with each other one-on-one. So how does Ethan really respond to Molly and, and John now that they're kind of put in this high-stress situation? We're also going to get more information about... I think Alan Sparks and his daughter and why, you know, her death means so much to what's happening now. So I think they might finally play on that because they mentioned it the episode before and they mentioned it again. So I think now they have to kind of touch on it. Those are my predictions. All right. Tari, what about Um, you? uh, My predictions are twofold. Next episode, I agree, we're going to dive into, like, where Molly and them went, which I assume is probably somewhere off with Sam um, into hiding. And I guess... 
it'll be more of them investigating into like what this is, but they're going to have to do it so covertly. Cause I mean, they're constantly tracked. Like even when that guy, um, Kern came up and was like, we know where you are at all times, whether you have your tether or not. So, um, I'm looking forward to kind of that whole chase, the cat and mouse in that regard. Um, my other prediction is a, is a theory that I have now that we know that, um, so we know that, uh, Molly has lost a child in a car accident, and now she is mysteriously pregnant. I think that the um, the robots and the aliens are all, um, they're all red herrings. And I think that it's actually more of a time traveler thing. Like, mm-hmm. I think that that child may have been, like, something important, and people from the future are, like, trying to save that child, putting her into the thing. Have you like, just been watching reruns of Fringe or something? I watched <laughs> lots of things. I watched a lot of, like, time hey, traveling. Anything could happen in this like show. Mm-hmm. Anything just, could happen. Time travel's a whole other layer, so well, yeah. I'd be curious to see that, right. but that's a lot. Well, <laughs> Sergio, what, what can you, I mean, this is predictions. I know you actually know what's going to happen. But can you at least predict, I mean, maybe set up some questions. What do you think is going to happen on next week's episode? I predict that you guys are going to have more questions. Oh, <laughs> and you're going to have more theories. And it's just going to get thicker and thicker with the mystery and the, oh, wait, wait a minute. Oh, you know what I mean? I just think it's going to be more cliffhangers and those things that we just love to watch as TV watchers and sci-fi So fans. next week's episode, though, is a good one? Is it? Is it, I mean, <laughs> every, every episode. I know, but I, I feel they're getting exponentially better. I feel, yeah. you know, a little meatier. It's about more. the it's about the journey, not the destination. So ah, you know what I mean. True that. True yeah, that. yeah, true that, right? Absolutely. So in like any good journey to a destination, hopefully you know you're going step by step, and each week is, is building more and more anticipation, and you're getting your answers that you want and need, but not enough to make you want to be like, okay, well, I'm done with that. You know what I mean? <laughs> and they do a good job of doing that in the 13 episodes. You know, okay. for for me. I feel one character that was missing this entire episode, which I feel we're going to get a big slice of him next week, is Yasumoto. I feel he was really missing in this one. I didn't miss him because usually he does appear at the end. We totally... So we're going to get... And there was no food. There was no food. (laughs) Wait, actually, Ethan did eat a slice of white bread. I'm just saying. (laughs) Toaster. Toaster, yeah. Anyway. No, but we're going to see some Yasumoto. But also, we're actually... We're going to see more of your character because... For yeah, they they care about your character. They're bringing in a brother, um, your brother Tim. Also, you know, making Molly really, uh, you know, feel for you and your family. Uh, I mean, your characters, your character and your character's family. The Dawkins. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna do uh, we're gonna see a little bit more of that as well. Absolutely. So I was really happy that they brought in uh, more. Yeah, more of the Dawkins. So yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So anyway. Charlie. Yes. Where can all of our Extant fans and the people out there in the world watching and listening to us find you? Absolutely. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Charlie Barons. It's pretty simple. Awesome. <laughs> Adrian, where can everyone in the world find you? Oh, yes. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Miss Adrian Snow. What about you, Tari? Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Tari J. That's T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y. You can also catch me on the Dominion panel on Thursdays and the Sword Art Online on Sundays. Mm-hmm. 
Sergio, where could everyone find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sergio Harford. I live tweet when I can, so it's pretty fun. I'm also on Facebook, Sergio Harford, too, if you want some cool content about the show. And you're also awesome. on Extend. And well. Extend, you can find me there. You know, on Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Excellent. My name is Monstros. You can find me, restaurantfiction.com, on iTunes at Restaurant Fiction, or on Twitter at Rest Fiction, where next week we are going to review the restaurant Gusto is featured in the movie Ratatouille. Anyway, thank you very much for listening, watching this awesome episode of Extant. Thank you, everyone. Thank yeah. you, you. Stephen Bach there. Shout out to you. And everyone out there, keep it real, keep it fresh, and always keep it on the flip side. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 